I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Sakshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to All Things Policy. There's a reasonably high probability that you're listening to this episode on a podcasting app. installed on a smartphone that runs either apple's ios or google's android and you're likely you, you could be listening to this from a first party application that apple or google have made or another app that one of the thousands of enterprising developers have created right and you probably downloaded that app from either apple's app store or the google play store which are the primary channels for distribution of such apps uh, that being the case both apple and google exercise a fair amount of control over their respective app stores and we now reached a point where developers are pushing back on what they see as app store taxes and regulators in various markets are also looking at uh, ways to check this control right so just a quick scan south korea recently passed a law that legislates away some of this control in the us you have the open market app uh, open market act that has been proposed the eu is investigating apple app store based on a complaint from uh, spotify uk is investigating the apple google duopoly as well Australia is doing a digital platform services inquiry that also published an interim report in March that looks specifically into Google and Apple duopoly in this space and the CCI too has some complaint investigations in various stages that concern the Google Play Store or the iOS app store going on and today I have with me Sapni and Rohan and we're going to discuss the recent ruling in the Epic Games versus Apple lawsuit and this is a significant case because at least to me it represents sort of a crystallization of the growing mainstream recognition uh, right that and uh, of the issues pertaining to control over app stores so let, let me start with you rohan but uh, you know for the sake of our listeners right fill us in on what's what's the context what's happening here uh, why should we care right i think why should we care uh, is something i'll take later on but what in terms of what's happening see apple uh, <laughs> epic versus apple is a lawsuit uh, brought by epic games which makes fortnite and apple Uh, this started way back in August 2020, and Epic filed a suit in the Northern District of California as related to Apple's practices in the iOS App Store. So the idea here was that uh, they challenged Apple's restrictions on apps from having other in-app purchasing methods. That so developers are not allowed to have those uh, outside the App Store, right? And they've also challenged the revenue cut that Apple takes on each purchase made in the App Store with regard to the game Fortnite specifically. And they wanted to either bypass this or have Apple take less of a cut. Now, that while uh, was proceeding, Apple filed a countersuit, say asserting that Epic purposely breached it, its terms of contract with Apple to go to, uh, to goad Apple into action, and then it's sort of defending itself against Epic's uh, lawsuit. So the verdict on this was out recently, and this is broadly where we are. And the verdict isn't a slam dunk. Uh, I mean, TLDR, it's not a slam dunk for either of those parties. We'll get into the finer points of it. but basically epic sued apple apple sued epic and the main points of contention here are the revenue cut uh, that apple takes the in app purchases whether or not they should be they should be allowed and uh, to what degree they should be allowed in and also finally whether or not the 30% cut is too high right okay thank you sapni i'll come to you now in terms of the the verdict right what i guess what are the key points that we should be looking out for essentially the verdict is more or less very sympathetic to epic 
but not very positive for Epic's case. Essentially, the only bit of the argument that the court bought from Epic was that the anti-steering provisions, which essentially is what Rohan spoke about, how Apple had the mandatory in-app purchase, Apple payments as the in-app purchase default, and there was no other way to cut, no other way to go around it as well. So I comment this default setup as well. So that is the only space that the verdict has given, held up Epic's contention. Other than that, the whole broader context of what or whether Apple itself is uh, an abusive dominant flair or if the contract between Epic and Apple was tenable, legally tenable, all of these questions have gone more or less in favor of Apple. So here the only laws that Apple is having, but it, it is significant given the fact that almost 70% of the App Store revenue comes from, of, of Apple's App Store revenue comes from the in-app purchases and the commissions on the in-app purchases. And that stands at the, the entire App Store revenue stands at $19 billion USD. So that's, that's quite a bit of money that Apple might be losing in the future. But that said, otherwise, Epic also lost a lot of money in terms of damages and the court upheld the very nature of the contract that at present, or while at the point of the file being, the file being heard, the 30% commission term was valid. So essentially, the court has looked majorly at the anti-steering provisions or Right, and and that's the one that it's uh, ruled in in Epic's favor, right? Saying that in, in maybe in Epic's favor, but broadly for the larger ecosystem as well, in that they can include links or buttons to alternate means of payment. Yes, exactly, and that I think from that point, I think here on it it will considerably affect a lot of decisions that App Store's, including Google's Play Store makes, and that it possibly begins it indicates the shift in the. App Store regulation or the terms of App Store conversations that happen. Can I also just add like why this is significant? Because for most of most of the history of um, the app economy, uh, so to say, we have had a big chunk of it being regulated by Apple by saying that, listen, this is the App Store. These are the rules and we can interpret the rules how we like. And like to sort of illustrate that point, you'll see that there are some apps that, that really just make no sense. For example, the Netflix app on the iPhone, if you're not a subscriber, makes absolutely no sense because it only has one screen which says that sign up. To sign up, you need to just go to the Netflix website and pay for it, uh, pay for the subscription, right? So, but it's okay with Apple because it has classified it as a reader app, right? So there are, or for example, you can have in-app purchases. Or you can purchase something from the Amazon app and Apple probably won't take a cut. My my whole point is that Apple for the longest time has made these rules, interpreted these rules for better or for worse. With this judgment coming in, there are there's actually actually some um the court is now saying that here is what you can and you can't do. And I think the more according to me, the most significant part of this is that Apple can't prohibit people, can't prohibit developers from including in their apps buttons, links, other calls to action. Now I think we were having a conversation about this in the before the podcast began. I don't know how this will lead to a reaction by the developers. I mean, it would make more sense. Like the incentives 
from my initial reading tell me that developers will have more attractive deals if they can get if they convince people to pay elsewhere so that they don't uh, have the 30% cut being taken by apple so i don't know how that's going to play out but as far as regulation is concerned instead of apple just making the rules and other developers following it i think there is now some precedence for the courts actually stepping in to, to checking how this economy should be regulated yeah so but this case uh, or this injunction as it were is only valid in the in the us right and we still have to see how it plays out how it gets implemented and and i think yeah. the interesting point that you raised about whether you know developers can actually put different different prices in their app i, I don't necessarily know if that question has been answered uh, yet and that's something we'll see playing out over the next couple of months yeah i think that is uh, i think one of the most interesting aspects of this case at least initially uh, when you mentioned that um, this is applicable just in the us i mean other countries are sort of responding to i mean there is now precedent set in the us other countries have different uh, bits that they are trying to regulate so south korea is trying something else japan is trying something else and i i think if there is going to be i mean if the splinternet is here different parts of the stack are going to be regulated differently across different countries and um, that's sort of why this is important because this is the us it's one of the world's largest markets if not the last market in the world and it's sort of interesting to see how other countries sort of build from this uh, not least what happens in india after right on that note we'll take a short break and we'll be right back and we're back okay so you know as we're talking about this and this growing regulatory pressure around around app stores uh, and you know one thing that that occurs to me is that there is also an aspect of you know user experience here that that we should think about and so you know i recall way back i think in 2008 2009 i had one of those windows phone 6.1 right which actually had a start menu when you you could you could do you know you click start and you go to various things it was really interesting at the time and it did have some sort some sort of apps available for it uh, but there was no there was no app store as such right you basically had to go to several suspicious looking websites and download you know, the apk equivalent for them and install them and this it created a lot of i i love tinkering with them it was great but i think for you know for a, for an average user that it would have been a really painful process and i think that's to some extent that some of the change the app store model has got and you know we need to keep that user experience aspect of it also in mind because we, you know there is a risk of opening some of those some of those risks up as well depending on which way the various you know various kind of regulation that's being pursued in different parts of the world uh, world plays out i think that's that's possibly exactly the plan that apple gets right apple talks about how it is a more secure environment it's more privacy focused and how Apple vets these apps in the App Store and makes it ensures that it's safe for the users, and that is the whole plank on which the whole anti-steering, the so-called anti-steering idea that Apple has propagated that it, nobody can use payment models outside of the Apple payment ecosystem. That's based on that plank, but even through the verdict, we can see that you know the judge acknowledges this. but while acknowledging that the judge also seems to compare it to the mac os where an app, app store equivalent does not exist and hence during the the course of trial itself a lot of conversation happened about how apple ios is more secure than apple mac os and that difference but while we think about that and talk about that we probably to be interesting for us to remember that the whole 
Pegasus leaked, allegedly leaks, and tapping happened, and how that did not spare the highly privacy-focused Apple ecosystem either, and it, it did not fare any much better than the Android ones. And I think that that plank is quite it, that plank on the basis of user experience is quite evident through the verdict. Yeah, and and you know, and I don't think Apple's also helped themselves with some of the some of the stuff around uh, around CSAM, right? That they had planned and then and now paused, right? I, I don't think it's been cancelled, but it's been delayed, and and that's all we know, right? So it's it's also I think there are these other aspects of it, right? Which is leading people to question that I guess the the honesty or the integrity behind that privacy as uh, as that blank. Definitely, definitely, and I think they they tried to that. This whole discussion epic, they try to bring it in while defining relevant market. And then there you see how Apple tried to dodge that. And it's more or less a definition which is pro-Apple that has been taken up, that has been accepted and laid down by the court. So essentially the relevant market in this case as is the most important and worst antitrust schools. The relevant market the judges identified is quote-unquote, digital mobile gaming transactions. So the epic position of a relevant market was the entire iOS app ecosystem, while Apple's position was, as we know, digital game market in its entirety. So this this sort of difference is quite interesting. And, and even in, the la- in a previous podcast where we spoke about the Facebook FTC suit and why it, the first suit got thrown away. We, we discussed how it's really difficult to define relevant market and prove that the, the big tech, as they're called, it's very difficult to prove that big tech is exercising monopoly power over any, any market. Given the precedents as, as well as how on technical basis, that it's very easy to break the barrier, but not quite so practically. And then I think all of the, this also contributes to the extent of confusion that is created. And at the end of it, now we have on the practical level, as Rowan was mentioning earlier, we do have a question of a lot of definitions. So what exactly is quote unquote a game? And it's it's possibly very important in the whole conversation and how given that a lot of metaverse conversations are happening, a, de- a definition of a game or a definition of what might separate steps in furtherance of metaverse ambitions of different different players like Fortnite yeah, and, and, and Epic has uh, you know big metaverse ambitions yeah, definitely definitely and I think all those definitions will be will be very difficult and I think that is where a lot of these nitty-gritties will get ironed out and I think probably Rohan also has a take on how there will be difficulties in implementing what a button is and as we were speaking earlier Right. See, my two cents here are, is that, so basically when we define a relevant market, there are a few incentives set in place. The company, the alleged monopolist will say that the market's so huge, right? And that the, the person who's suing will say that the market's so small and this is the monopoly. And so you always have these incentives at play. I think similar incentives are also in place when you come to the definition of what exactly is a button. And so like, bear with me here. Like Apple will try to say that a button just means something that looks like, you know, a button. Developers will say that, don't like, they'll try to expand this field for themselves. So like, it's not just whether or not it looks like a button, but if it works like a button. So basically, 
the developers will try to have the broadest possible interpretation of what a button, what a link is, and um, to have more authority on how they want to advertise their payments and so on. Whereas Apple will try to sort of just make, maybe just have a design outlook towards this saying that if it fits these dimensions, it's a button. Right? Uh, this very, very wonky conversation aside, I think it's setting up incentives in place for these developers to, to sort of interpreting, to sort of allow them to interpret these rules more broadly than Apple would. And I think it's, a, it's an ongoing tussle that the App Store will have to manage. But I think we are in for very, very wonky and interesting times as far as this particular bit is concerned. All right. So, Sapti, coming back to you and the point that you raised about the relevant market, it got me thinking, you know, a little bit about the case, you know, the complaint that's been brought to the CCI, right, with regard to Apple and how the relevant market is defined there. Right? And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. So, it's very interesting. The CCI case, the relevant market in the particular case is defined as non-licensable uh, OSS. So, an app market's a non-licensable OSS that's essentially just Apple, right? I mean, there's no other non-licensable ones out there. So that's a very, very restrictive definition, very smart, but the point of it floating or not is it's quite dubious. And with respect to the effect of possible effects of Epic and um, the Epic Apple case on the CCI case by together we fight society. It's it's interesting that one point which they make is essentially the this point of 30%, excessive commission of 30%. So that might influence the decision that or the investigation currently done by CCL. But other than that, it's it's quite difficult. I to me at least it appears quite difficult that that very restrictive and small niche that they have chosen as the relevant market that it floats in a country where Apple is certainly not a big player when it comes to the OS market in phones. Android really clearly takes the cake there in India. So that will be interesting for us to see. And again, the whole idea of walled garden that Apple has created, that might get discussed, but then it does come back to the point of relevant market at the end of the day. And there, if they cannot argue that across well, then even after they them probably alleging that it's a violation of competition act and it is prohibitory and arbitrary discriminative practices, etc. It might be very difficult to, to float. And but then it's it's interesting. We, we will again we will see how the CCI looks at it, and it, it, it will be an interesting case at least to look at. Yeah, as, as Rohan says, uh, time will tell. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that, and you know, and we we'll report back when there's more developments on that front. For now, thanks for listening. Have a good day. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashila.inst or our website takshashila.org.in